kicking off starts right now. Welcome in peanuts. Welcome in Cracker Jacks. An hour later on the stream, blasphemous, but we are here because that's what we do. Fantasy playoffs getting going, most likely in a lot of your leagues. I am Chris Welsh. That is Andrew Seifter, and we are here to help you through all the happenings around baseball and your playoffs. Andrew, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. I was just telling you before we hopped on, I dropped my daughter at uh, first day of uh, first grade today and uh, learned that you out in Arizona start uh, school way too early in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, my kids are a month into school already. That's something I learned as well. Like everyone on the East coast is like, uh, that I have friends with, they're posting pictures of kids going to school and stuff. So I know everybody is probably ramping themselves up, been there, done that. I've already been there, done that. I'm a veteran now in the school time. I already got sick. I got sick last week. Cause the kid, you know, the kids are back in school as soon as you get sick, but I am, uh, feeling a bit better. I'm feeling, I think I'm looking a little bit better. I'm feeling better and I'm ready to uh, talk with everybody because I have incredible news. The best news that I could think of, well, I could think of actually like a couple other things, but the best piece of baseball news I have for all of you, Corbin Carroll is being recalled today and we are getting Corbin Carroll making his, his major league debut with the Diamondbacks Tonight, and Andrew, I am dealing with an existential crisis. I am here in Arizona. I live here in Arizona. The game is in Arizona. I had 0.0% plans to go, and I know I should, but I don't know if I can or will. Corby Carroll making his debut is a big deal as a number one prospect in baseball, Andrew. Uh, I'll, you know, let me get your first initial take, and I'm going to set up some stats for everybody on Corbin Carroll. But you see him hit the wire. You see him out there, maybe some type of availability, which might not be the case for a lot of leagues. What are you doing? Is there any excitement for you to run to the wire to pick up, um, you know, I guess arguably the number one prospect in baseball? I mean, there has to be, right? And you have to have a pretty good excuse if you're not going to go to that game, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a true five-category potential stud, you know, widely regarded as the number one fantasy prospect still in the minor leagues. Uh, he's, you know, he doesn't have a ton of minor league experience because, uh, you know, COVID wiped out the 2020 minor league season and then he had shoulder surgery that uh, basically wiped out most of his 2021 season. But he sure has looked the part this year. He's 22 years old, so he's a little more mature than than some of these guys that rocket through the minors like that. Um, and you just look at the production and, uh, across the board, it's, it's really phenomenal. So, you know, it's, it's the usual caveats with these rookies. They've, they've been very, uh, hit and miss, uh, in the last couple of years, it could be, uh, he flames out. Um, but the upside is incredibly high and those are exactly the kind of players that you want in fantasy. Corbin Carroll so far this season in the minor leagues, which it's been double a triple a, he was down here rehabbing for a tiny bit, 24 homers. 31 stolen bases, hitting 307 with a 425 OBP and over 1,000 OPS. The guy, 89 runs, 111 hits. He's a little bit smaller in stature, which gets people kind of worked up, but he's put up 24 homers. He's an incredible, incredible, just overall talent. I remember being at his debut out here in Arizona. Um, he has the next gauge of speed which is something people are going to have to come to terms with. And hopefully the Diamondbacks really give him the green light. But he also makes such great contact. He's a very smart hitter. He's actually worked with, I've said this a lot of uh, multiple different times on podcasts. He's worked with multiple players inside the organization. And I don't want to say like helping like change swings and stuff, but like 
he wants to help and coach and teach with these guys. And he works with guys and he has helped some players. I don't need to get into the names of them, but he has worked on helping improve their swings. And people can't talk enough about what an incredible talent he is. And you can see it. I mean, even in his AAA numbers, they wavered down just a tiny bit. And, you know, he left AA hitting 313. He was over 300 for the majority of the AAA stint. In 33 games, though, he ended up hitting 287. He had seven homers and 11 stolen bases. He's not going to play center field. Probably not going to start high in the lineup immediately off. But he is going to be an impact player. I think no reason to not play him, even though uh, Jake McCarthy has been really incredible, by the way, um, early on in season. I did a guest appearance and on the wire on pitcher list. And I talked about him this weekend. Like that's one of those guys. And the Diamondbacks are going to be faced with a situation of like, what do we do? How do we get guys out of the lineup? I think that situation is fed through the DH. I think at the end of the day, you could maybe, maybe take Varsho out of the outfield a tiny bit, even though he's been good catch. Uh, you can make some adjustments. Maybe McCarthy even does that the, uh, or Carol, you know, they could just get Carol's bat in there, but you know, there was, there was a couple questions in here. And let me see what you have to say, Andrew. DJ said, drop Whit Merrifield or O'Neill to activate Corbin Carroll. Because right before that, we, we out of nowhere, I thought we had, oh, no, no, it was in response where Bob was just like, Merrifield has been garbage. There's a lot of Merrifield hate right now. Would you drop either of those two to activate Corbin Carroll? Yeah, I probably would drop either of them to do it. Um, you know, I, I guess uh, probably Merrifield first just because – He's older and he's just hasn't offered much all season. We've talked about O'Neill Cruz enough on this pod. I think, uh, you know, we're, no. it, it, it's always like you're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle with him and you're just not catching it right now. So you might as well try, uh, you have a better bet to catch lightning in a bottle, I think with Corbin Carroll. So, um, you know, I do think with Carroll though, the strikeout rate was in the mid 20% uh, in the minors, you know, 22 to 25% range. So he may not hit for a huge average right off, uh, the get-go either, but I think it will be significantly better than uh, O'Neill Cruz will. Yeah, very, very true. We've talked, we've talked a little bit about him uh, here or there in the day. You know that. So, Corbin Carroll, I'm very excited about it. I'll let you know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to be there. It's such a trek to get down to Phoenix. I really think it would be amazing. My uh, cohort, Bogman, was like, you should take my kid out there. Gah, we'll see. <laughs> when I totally oh, agree with you about Jake McCarthy, by the way. He's been a really pleasant surprise, especially in leagues that, that value stolen bases. So they're going to have a, a little lineup shuffling to do there. We might see a situation. I know it's sacrilege, but you might see Carroll getting a day off once a week or something like that. Oh, I, I don't think there would be any craziness that they don't play him every single day i think he plays the majority why he's here and i think they're going to just have to mess around with the dh spot you know maybe mccarty maybe it's carol and all of them just splitting between days off um Varsho obviously can do some catcher they can give kelly a little bit more time off if they want and they've got some flexibility in there and the, the reason you bring him up is to give him at bats but you would point out the minor league season is coming to a close and that you know he wouldn't have been getting at bats for the final half so even to like it's not like they're bringing him up and then he doesn't play a whole bunch and hey they should have kept him down no the minor league season's ending so it really you're going to lose those at bats anyways it does put into question if he makes the arizona fall league at this point uh but we will find out and making his major league debut today i'm very very excited to see it uh we talked about this in the last episode another little piece here but tyler our trevor rogers is going to be activated on wednesday and he's going to start against the rays he had a huge performance but i did this really scary spooky transitional thing andrew if you didn't see it i turned off my lights and flashlight and would you ever would you dare uh start trevor rogers after all of the terrifyingness he had in fantasy so i'll just straight up ask you without the uh frills here 
Are you going to start him? Are you comfortable with Trevor Rogers after, you know, finding some confidence? He said he feels better, more confidence going down in AAA, finding some success, 12 strikeouts. Are you going to jump in or are you not having any of this? Well, he was the leadoff name in my waiver wire column on Saturday. So I guess that would probably answer the question for you. Um, who's he lined up to face? Ooh, good good question. Ah, the Rays. Yeah, I would yeah, I would do it. I would do it because here's the thing about uh Trevor Rogers, and I wrote about this over at Fantasy Pros. You can check it out. Uh as of June 15th of last year, he had a 187 ERA, a 102 whip, and a 10.5 K per nine, and looked like one of the best young pitchers in the game. And then, you know, things just have really unraveled for him since then. Um, really two main culprits. One has been regular back issues that he's been having. And then he had some off-the-field uh, family uh, private issues that we don't know that much about. But uh, those two things could also be related, by the way, because a lot of the times with back issues, if you're having emotional stress and, and personal issues, it can aggravate that or make it worse. So um, he sounds healthy now. He says he's his back feels the best that it ever has. And he completely dominated in that last start, I uh, in that last rehab start. So I know the stuff is still there. I know the ability is still there. Um, if he's truly healthy and he's truly uh, feeling emotionally healthy as well, uh, I think he's still got a huge amount of upside. He just seems like the kind of pitcher that could just pick it right back up and be dominant. And, you know, worst case scenario, you get torched once and then you say, okay, I'm, I'm, it's hands off now. But I'm feeling pretty optimistic at this particular moment in time. That's why my back always hurts. You just uncovered why my back always hurts. So now I know. <laughs> uh, anybody else actually speaking of as far as waiver wire, a very, very important time. And I want to make sure we're giving some consideration on Mondays, a little bit more to pickups. Uh, you've got that article. Who else should we be looking at as far as waiver wire pickups on this Monday morning, assuming you everyone still has uh, the opportunity to make some changes? Sure. Yeah. So I'm looking at in in the column, generally players who are under 50% rostered and focusing particularly on guys under 40 percent uh in yahoo leagues and right after trevor rogers i mentioned justin Steele. now he did leave uh his last start with lower back tightness so that's yeah. just something we need to get an update on but it didn't sound serious and i think this guy deserves his due i mean he's got uh, a 318 era on the season that's backed up by his x era and x fit uh eight of his last 10 starts he's given up either zero or one earned run uh so that's just a really impressive run I think he's a guy you can plug right into your lineup. It's a good time in general for starting pitchers. You know, uh, Drew Smiley has been on a nice run. Ronzi Contreras is a, a pitcher I've always really been a big fan of, and he's pitching great right now. So he's a guy I would certainly look at. Uh, and then even Matt Manning. I mean, this guy, it's kind of been a delayed uh, progression to get where people were hoping he would be. Uh, but he is there right now. I mean, over his uh, – let me pull it up here. Uh, over his uh, – Last uh, four starts, he's got a 180 ERA, 108 whip, and a 9.4 K per nine. So uh, he's going strong and got that prospect pedigree as well. Another guy that, you know, we, I don't mean to like rehash it, but you know, if you're looking for stolen bases and some overall production, uh, McCarthy might be one of those guys. I was having that discussion, like I said, this weekend, where when you're, it, there's overall players, and I think you covered some overall type of players, and then there are categorical players, and sometimes you're just trying to chase a specific category. McCarthy's one of those guys you could probably chase for stolen bases. There's a couple guys out there for homers. I love the overall of steel, if healthy. I think that's a great call, and that is very good. So speaking of injuries, by the way, on the injury front, Justin Verlander was removed from Sunday's start against the Orioles due to right calf discomfort, and he's undergoing an MRI. 
He has an exam this morning on Monday on that injured right calf. So a lot of our fantasy teams are in the uh, are in the nether right now. We're a little bit terrified. I'm a little bit terrified. You and I were both like, you're like, well, I hope this is going to work out because this is going to be important for my fantasy team. Exactly. I'm 100% with you. And if it doesn't, Andrew, we're going to be praying Justin Steele is probably out on the wire right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you can't really understate how um, valuable Justin Verlander has been. You know, Baseball Monster does their, uh, they give numerical values to standard 5x5 five five value. Uh, his value comes in at 1.55, which is the third highest number behind only Aaron Judge and Paul Goldschmidt. So mm-hmm. far and away, been the most valuable pitcher in all of fantasy baseball this season. And that's not a loss that you can really stomach as you head right into the stretch run of your fantasy season. Yeah. I'd also say if we were putting together like a week, uh, league winners, and uh, I don't know if that's uh wonky, you got to remind me, does, does anybody do that on fantasy pros? Because at the end of the year, I think it'd be fun to look at what did the best league winning roster look like. And by that, what I mean is the values that you got later that ended up being so big that, you know, boom, there you go. Like Justin Verlander getting him around nine, 90 or 100 where you did in drafts, that's league winning. I don't know why I keep saying league. That's league winning type of stuff that um, you could put together and losing him now would be absolutely um, killer and brutal. Uh, Mr. Buster just throwing in, I guess, is the show. We can literally just answer shows uh, or we can answer questions about Corbin Carroll the entire show. Is it worth dropping either Ahmed Rosario or Jorge Mateo for Corbin Carroll? Mm-hmm. I'm going to side on the no. I don't think I could drop either one of those guys for Carroll right now. Could you? You know, I, w- I would have said yes on Jorge Mateo probably a few weeks ago. Um, but he's just continued to be surprisingly valuable. So uh, it's it's harder to say yes on him. Rosario's actually slowed down a little bit recently, but he still had a really solid season. So, yeah, in yeah. a redraft league, I'm just not sure I'm there on, on those particular players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some other injuries. Uh, Jordan Alvarez missed Sunday's game after receiving treatment on his left hand. Jorge Polanco is removed from Saturday's game with some knee soreness. He's expected to sit out a few more as they are managing the injury. Uh, Brandon Lau sat out Saturday and Sunday after being hit on the elbow by a pitch. So keep an eye on that one. Evan Longoria is considered day to day. Luis Robert was at a lineup over the weekend with a sore wrist. Boy, I don't know how we can expect more than 120 games from Luis Robert really ever in a season. I, I, he's not quite like Alberto Mondesi level where it's like, if we got a hundred, we would probably like jump up and down. But I don't know if we can go more than 120 or 130 on Robert anymore. And uh, J.P. Crawford underwent an MRI that did not reveal any significant damage in his pectoral area. So a lot of injuries that you don't want to see right now. Yeah, and I'm particularly concerned about that Jordan Alvarez hand injury uh, because the thing is, his production has really fallen off a cliff for about a month now. Um, And that kind of hand injuries really do sap uh, players' power a lot of the time. And he's got one home run and three doubles uh, total since July 30th. So that's really concerning. Uh, Whether he goes on the IL or not, uh, it's hard to expect that we're going to see like vintage uh, production from Jordan Alvarez over the final month of the season. Very good point. Uh, Fun fact, I'm really glad that Wonky put this on here because I was going to, if not, a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle card sold for $12.6 million on Saturday. This marked... The most anyone has ever paid for any sports item, card, or memorabilia, topping the $7.25 million sale of the T206 Honus Wagner 
card that had sold earlier in the month. The Honus Wagner one has always kind of been seen as the holy grail of cards. But to think about this, it's not just the most expensive baseball. It's the most expensive sports item, card, or piece of memorabilia. Anything. Home run balls, touchdowns, uh, game-winning baskets, Michael Jordan. It doesn't matter. Any of it. It is a 1952 Mickey Mantle card. Not autographed or anything like that. It's never just explode your brain when you think about it, Andrew. I collect cards. Well, I collect a lot of that stuff. I can't even imagine. Well, I have to say, I, I actually know someone who has that card. It's the rookie card. Mickey Mantle rookie, tops yeah, rookie card. Uh, yeah. I know someone who has that. I've held that card in my hand before. Now, granted, I have not held a, a mint condition version of that card in my hand, but I have held that card in my hand. Uh, $12.6 million. That's insane. I feel like saying that topped the previous one is a, a little bit of an understatement when it topped it by $5 million. Yeah. Uh, that's just totally insane to me. You I mean, I, really it's, it's a piece of cardboard, right? Card. You should go make really good friends with that person, whoever has that card. Like really good friends. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> right. I got a business idea for you. Let's yeah, yeah. The business idea is handed over to me, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this day in baseball, 1971, Hank Aaron of the Atlanta Braves drove in his 100th run of the season, giving him the National League record of 11 seasons with 100 or more RBI. Hammer and Hank, uh, always a good one. Now, good this is this is an interesting trivia question. Because when you're talking about, uh, you know, getting back to Verlander, you're talking about Cy Young stuff. And Adam Wainwright has had a pretty phenomenal season. We would probably agree with that. You know, he defies odds of age. But the question is, Adam Wainwright has finished second in the Cy Young voting twice. I don't know if he's quite second in this round. I think he might be like third. I think it's Corbin Burns and Alcantara in the NL. But he has finished in uh, second place in the NL Cy Young twice. Which pitchers finished ahead of him? So he finished second. Which pitch pitchers finished ahead of him winning the award? And I've got it now here. And interestingly enough, the last time he finished second in voting was in 2013. So that's how far back we go and how long he has spanned in baseball. Any guesses on the two pitchers that won the Cy Young ahead of him, Andrew? Well, I was trying to think of the one that's even longer ago, and it's probably in the mid to late 2000s. Uh, so some names that were just coming to my mind, like Tim Lincecum, did he ever win the Cy Young? It's like, it's got to be somebody that like has completely left my brain. Yes, no, it is not him. That's good. I will, I'm going to give everybody the, uh, no, I'm not going to give the years quite yet. I'm not going to give the years quite yet. Though I will tell you, Wonky does have one of them. Clayton Kershaw is one of them from 2013. So that's the more recent one. Clayton Kershaw won it in 2013. Adam Wainwright finishing second. There's still one name that's out there. Ooh, Brandon Webb's a great guess, but it is not it. Mm. We'll come back, then we'll see what you guys got on these. Uh, on the stat heroes, Manny Machado, four for five, two homers, four RBI, three runs. Isak Paredes, two for two with two bombs, three RBIs, three runs. That's one of those midseason... I don't know. Those midseason guys I felt really good about. I ranked him really aggressively, by the way. And uh, he's just been quietly, I mean, his batting average has kind of stunk, but he just quietly gets you some numbies when you need him. Corey Seager had two homers, two for four. Shohei Otani, three for four with a homer, two RBIs. Jake Cave had a bomb. Hunter Dozier, four for six with a couple stolen bases. Colton Wong, three for five with a homer over the weekend. David Peralta, get him in that two hole. Three for four, two RBIs, two runs. Michael Taylor, homer, four RBIs. And Mookie Betts had a homer with two RBIs. Also just had a phenomenal, I want to say it was a Friday game or Thursday game. I don't remember what it was where he was just uh, 
homer after production after production left and right. He was really good. On the pitcher side, Herman Marquez went seven, struck out five. Robbie Ray, seven, struck out seven. Dylan Cease, eight with eight strikeouts. Max Scherzer, seven with 11. And Julio Urias, six with seven strikeouts. All pitchers, uh, one not like the other. Herman Marquez, Andrew. The rest, uh, big strikeout pitchers. Marquez getting you just weirdly silent value. Anything on Marquez for you rest of season? I mean, he's he's like one of these pitchers that I'm just always avoiding and always not understanding why other people keep buying into him. I just the core's effect is just too big a hill to climb, in my opinion. So I've always I've been out on him for five years running, I feel like, and I'm not about to change now. Yeah. He, I mean, you just hope like John Gray, as soon as John Gray goes to the Rangers, we're like, Hey, let's go. Let's exactly. go we're back in. And if we could get that from him. So a lot of good guesses in here. Uh, PV, who was one of my favorite pitchers growing up. Uh, Chris sale, Brandon Webb, Gagne. Uh, this is too old. Dwight Gooden's too old in your Ben <laughs> sheets. That's actually a really good guess. None of them are correct. The correct answer to go with uh, Clayton Kershaw in, uh, no, yeah, no, in beating <laughs> Uh, Adam Wainwright was Roy Halladay in ah. 2010. Roy Halladay in 2010 and Clayton Kershaw beat Adam Wainwright both times. He finished second in the Cy Young Award race, and I know he is kind of in that spot. Like I said, I don't believe he's quite second, but the trivia they pop that up because you know he's looming. He's right around that area. On the stat zeros for the weekend. Hey, you just talked about him. Ahmed Rosario, 0 for 4 with 4 strikeouts. Makes it even more of a pertinent question. You know, one of the big things really to think about, Andrew, and, and to continuously point out to everybody, is you do have to have a really, really um, quick memory. Like, you got to just let things go. You got to forget about the draft capital. Dropping Whit Merrifield for Corbin Carroll feels gross. It feels really gross and hard to manage. But... This is what you've got to do this time of season. You got to forget about what you spent on players. You got to forget about that really great March that the guy had, but hasn't really been good all season. And what if you got to forget about what ifs because you don't have time for it in the playoffs anymore. And that's why we say, Hey, you can drop wit for Corbin Carroll. I know it feels gross. I'm at Rosario. You know, I obviously had a nice preseason value on him and he has kind of cooled a little bit even just getting reminded of an 0 for 4, 4 strikeout weekend, it's probably not the worst thing in the world. Like yeah. If you, you want to make that Carroll move after a really bad weekend, you kind of can and you don't really need to look back. That's the other thing I think we both maybe missed. I know I missed in saying that when that question was asked, it was Ahmed Rosario and who the hell was the other person? Oh, Jorge, uh, Mateo. Jorge Mateo. Jorge Mateo, yeah. It's like, are you really going to have... Are you going to have buyer's remorse? Are you going to have huge buyer's remorse? I don't think so. You are you know Carroll's going to be out there. He's a stolen base option. There's probably not that much buyer's remorse. Yeah, no, I actually would amend my answer, too. I would drop Ahmed Rosario for Corbin Carroll just because, I mean, Jorge Mateo's actually been really good lately. He's hot right now, so I wouldn't drop him. But, uh, but Ahmed Rosario has been slumping for the last month, and he doesn't really have that much upside anyway. I mean, he's just one of those, like, kind of steady Eddie performers. So... Yeah, you're not going to have buyer's remorse letting Ahmad Rosario go. I would make that move. So amended. We've amended that. Drop Rosario, go get up Carroll. Uh, some other zeros. J.D. Davis, 0 for 4, 3 strikeouts. Aaron Judge, uh, rare, 0 for 4, 3 Ks. Shailene Galeers, Ryan McMahon, both 0 for 4 with 3 strikeouts. Dylan Carlson and Luke Williams on the 3 Ks. On the pitcher side, uh, Koi Oihara, 3 and one third, six earned runs, 8 hits. Shamanaya gave up 6 earned runs. Boy, that's not been great. Jakob Jonas, Jacob Jonas, uh, 4 and one third, 6 earned runs, only 2 Ks. Nick Pavetta, 5 earned runs. I saw 
Mike Mayer absolutely just losing it online about the Red Sox and Pavetta. And uh, it just, it's a continuous laugh. I actually, I think I've grown to really love Mayer's blow ups about the Red Sox, even though I don't care about the Red Sox whatsoever. I really do love it. I really do love it. Uh, the home run contest, friends. So check this out. I have officially a new board up for you, and it looks like it is updated, unlike the sell job we had last Friday. And guys, we had some big changes, and we have a runaway starting on the home run contest. Look right there. D-Blum, 49 homers, as he had Mike Trout yesterday. Go Cards has moved into second place with High Cubby 2016 with 46. We've got Cat Fox at 44. And as you can see, almost everybody on the board, nine people with 40 or more homers. And that huge move by D Blum off of Trout. Trout did a, people really good yesterday. Actually, what is this? Seven of the top eight had Trout all together. So unfortunately, you guys all picked the same. High Cubby had Vladdy, who did not hit a homer. And that is how that paired out. And the home run contest is getting very, very interesting. So uh, keep getting your home run calls in on the Discord. And uh, maybe you can make a late run. Maybe you can make a late run out of all of it. Friends, when you're making bets, the kings and queens use BetMGM. That's right. We are going with the red tiara today. Actually, it looks quite nice if I can get it sitting. I had it really sitting nice on the hat. Uh, if you no, wore your hat forwards, it'd be better. Yeah, let's do that. We'll do the let's do the the forward and we'll do that. And there you go. We got a little bit of business there. Nope. All right. Well, we'll just do it. Uh when uh when you guys go and check out BetMGM, use the promo code leading off. Do that today and you can get a risk-free $1000 bet. We want you guys to go and check out our great sponsor BetMGM, making all your props, all your normal wages for kings and queens tiaras and crowns we do it every day i've got some bets for you and i want to get to see what uh, andrew has to say about them of course strikeouts and total bases i've got the number one algorithm and the number one plus money so over on the strikeouts we start with we've got javier Assad, who is going up against toronto for the cubs is only at two and a half is the number projected at a little over four it's minus one uh 165 and this is over on DraftKings, so it's a very very low number let's take that off very very low number for javier Assad. the plus money strikeout play is dylan bundy who's going up against the boston red sox he only needs four strikeouts they are putting up three and a half at plus 123 he is projected at four so the projections are not crazy high but it's some good plus money against Boston who can get a little strikeouty, and that is over at Sugar House. Probably going to be similar on some other sites. The total base props we've got for you, the number one of the day is Nolan Gorman. It is minus 170, though, so juiced, but you only need one total base against Cincinnati, and that's over on DraftKings. To pair with the top plus money play of Anthony Rizzo against the Angels, you do need two total bases, but it's plus 125, and he is projected at two. So, Andrew, you've got Rizzo, and Bundy at plus money. You've got Gorman and Assad at minus money. What do you like out of these bad boys? Mm. Well, I'm going to rule out Dylan Bundy pretty quickly. I think he's got three strikeouts in his last three starts combined. So <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna pass on that one. I also just generally like to pass on Dylan Bundy whenever given the opportunity. Going to also pass on Nolan Gorman. That strikeout rate of his is so high that uh, offers are very common with him. Uh, so I'm, I can't, even in a, you know, pretty favorable matchup. I don't think I can buy that one. So it's really down to Assad or Rizzo for me. 
the with Assad, the question is really the uh, is is he on some sort of pitch count? I mean, he pitched four innings in his first yeah. appearance, so he had a decent K per nine strikeout rate um, in the minors. So he, it seems like he could crush that number if he can get enough innings. That's that's really the question with Rizzo. He's facing a lefty, but he does have nine homers and 113 at bats against lefties this year. So, but that's a high number, one and a half for him. So I, I'll. I'm gonna have faith that Assad will at least throw five innings, and I think if he does, he'll he'll hit that uh, mark. I like it. Good call. I, if I were going out of these, I'd probably go with the Rizzo one. Good plus money. Um, you know, two total bases. That's probably my play. I wouldn't play even the Nolan Gorman one. That's not the type of hitter I want a juiced one total base call from. Even though I like the matchup, uh, the Bundy one I actually don't mind. You know, maybe I'd even play the two plus money plays more than the big old juice plays. Those are not the players I'm uh, really caring about. Over on the DFS side, DraftKings, Miles Michaelis eight four, Tony Gonsolin nine six, Jose Brios uh, seven six, and Corbin Burns ten four are some of the numbers for you. I, If you wanted to play big money, you could go maybe Burns and Barrios just to pair. I kind of like the Gonsolin and Michaelis play if you're uh, looking to save some money. Over on FanDuel, Michaelis is at an even 10. Gonsolin, 10-5. Barrios, 8-5. And Corbin Burns, 11-1. And as far as stacks go, you've got St. Louis, Toronto, and Philly, the only teams today projected over five total team runs if you're wanting to stack some of those players up together. Now let's make some home run calls. Andrew, you are on the clock. Who is your home run call for today getting on the board? Well, first off, all those people with 40-plus homers, it feels like we're back in the steroid era or something. But uh, I will point out, I called Paul Goldschmidt last Thursday, and he hit two bombs, not one, two. So going to do a little victory lap there. Uh, and, you know, I am going to actually just stick with the Cardinals. I'll go with Nellon Arenado. He's facing Chase Anderson, really favorable matchup, and he's got four homers right in – 30 plate appearances in his career against Chase Anderson. So uh, Nolan Arenado is going to go yard. Well, uh, I'll try to do this for Wax in his very um, English-sounding sentence of, or maybe he even gets the call in a week, I think referring to me not getting a home run call. I like that you spelled even with an A, if that is what you were saying. So let's point that out, Wax, when you want to call me out on that. Uh, Let's hope I get a home run call, but I'm going to go – way out in the wings, and I'm going to go with Christian Walker. I'm going to go with Christian Walker uh, in Arizona. Big home run hater. Give me Christian Walker. Almost went Nolan Arenado. We've got Mayer with Shohei Otani. Uh, Tyler O'Neill going to Wonky. So let's see if we can get some run home run calls. And maybe, maybe we can even, with a E-V-A-N, get a home run call today, and we can all cheer for joy. Andrew Seifter, what's going on with you going on down this week? Uh, so I'm going to have some new rest of season fantasy baseball rankings up at rosrankings.com. Uh, that those should go live tonight. Uh, we'll be doing a podcast as well with my co-host Bart Wheeler, the rest of season rankings podcast, talking about what we call the movers and shakers, the players moving up and down the most in our rest of season rankings. And of course, I'm continuing to churn out those waiver wire articles that we were talking about earlier over at Fantasy Pros uh, every Saturday. So give those a read. I really like that. Everyone should go check out that waiver wire article. Getting in front of it, um, sometimes the most important battle. You guys know your league's the best, though. You know, you know, are you the guy that's able to get ahead of everybody? Uh, do you need to be hyper competitive with a couple guys? Do you need to stay up till midnight to get those waiver claims? Ah, uh, those are the days. Those are the days if you need to wait up till uh, midnight and do it. Andrew's got you covered. You can follow me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. I don't know. We might be there. There's no guarantees. A lot going on, but I'm going to attempt to see if I can get down to see Corbin Carroll's major league debut tonight. 
tonight against the Phillies Do with it. the Diamondbacks. Uh, yeah, I would be. I mean, I love the guy. That's like my guy, number one prospect in baseball. But friends, that is all that we have for you. Make sure you tune in tomorrow right here on Leading Off. For Andrew, I am Welsh. Thank you, guys. Talk to you again tomorrow. Same time, same new time. Don't miss it. Bye, friends.